total irresponsible parenting. Not according to the internet. Where on the internet? Dax, it's time for your bath. But I miss my show. Don't argue with me, young man. Just do it. This is our dad. I'm the professor. Yeah, he made us in his laboratory by accident. Don't worry, professor. I was an accident too. You're my children, and I love you, but you're all terrible. The tricky thing about consent, Sarah. You should never assume. You never assume that you have consent. This is so true. Just because. Wait, are you recording yet? Yes. Okay, good. Because just because Michael Fassbender lets you lick him once doesn't mean you get to lick him a second time. That's true. But I just want to to clarify that I have not licked Michael Fassbender as of to this moment. To I would say to date. To date, I have not licked Michael Fassbender, nor even asked for consent to lick Michael Fassbender because I've never met him. But but if Michael Fassbender is li- listening and he consents to Sarah licking him, we need to know immediately. <laughs> right. Yeah, don't lick people, Sarah. I'm sorry. Sometimes I just have to. But I always <laughs> ask for consent. <laughs> is that, that do that I help? sound okay? You sound great. We're actually recording right now. So um, we'll do our quick introductions. Jocelyn and I were just talking about consent to record or lick people. Um, Okay. But hey, guys, this is a Geek Parenting Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dr. Sarah. You can find me on Instagram at Another Mom Mess. Um, I'm also taking care of all the geek parenting stuff on Instagram. And also, I just uploaded a new shirt to our Design by Human store. So go check out that link. Um, But you can find me here and doing stuff all over for geek parenting and we have our other host here jocelyn you want to give us an introduction of where we can find you hi you can find me here you can find me every week on the world's greatest comic book podcast aka hold 322 you can find me on twitter at joss chris i accidentally took a like few days off twitter it literally was an accident. I just didn't click on Twitter for a few days. <laughs> I don't see a problem with that. So funny. It story, was fine. Funny story from Podcast Summit is I went up to JM and I introduced myself because we had never officially met. We were oh yeah yeah Facebook yeah friends. And so I introduced myself. He's like, oh, you're my best friend on Facebook because I'm already like always liking this stuff. Oh. <laughs> so nice. But we had yeah when very- we recorded, he was like, oh, Sarah gave me a hug. I was like, yeah, I told her to. <laughs> <laughs> But we do have a very special guest um, with us tonight, um, and that is Mr. Jake Williams, who is the creator-slash-owner-slash-head-honcho of Salt Lake Gaming Con. So, Jake, do you want to give us a quick introduction about who you are? God, that makes me sound so important. It's not that way at all. <laughs> um, yeah, we, uh, I do Salt Lake Gaming Con. We're like the, we were the uh, fifth biggest gaming convention of the U.S. We just got passed by PAX, uh, uh, or not PAX, by a DreamHack Dallas, but we'll see if we catch him this year. Um, yeah, we're going into year five. We had 25,000 people out last year over the two days. 
um, about 17,000 unique people. So it's a good size show. That's a lot That's of fun. Awesome. We're coming up here in about a little over two weeks. Just a little over yeah. two weeks. I am, I am ready to go. Um, now, I do want to ask you a few questions before we get into talking about Salt Lake Gaming Con because you are a bit of a gamer yourself, right? Something like that. Tell us about <laughs> Depends your... who's asking, right? <laughs> Depends who's asking. Who's asking? That's right. Tell us a little bit about your Hero Clicks experience. Oh God, um, that's so. It seems like such another life. Um, you know, my background is like entertainment. When I say entertainment, like I've I was an old promoter throwing concerts and stuff. I mean, I've, I can't tell you how many miles I've walked through the snow and rain, putting flyers on cars, standing outside of outside of uh, clubs, outside of venues, uh, handing out flyers, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a lot of fun. So anyways, I started doing that. Um, so I, I started, um, you know, did that for years and years and years. And then it was like 2012-ish. I was just burnt out. I was just over it. And I had enough money put away in the bank that I could uh, take about, you know, take about a year off roughly and just kind of find myself, which is essentially what I did. Mm -hmm. um, just took a year off, just kind of vegged. And I started playing HeroClix, actually. I'd played it on and off um, since I found it at San Diego Comic-Con in 2004. And uh, just basically played HeroClix four days a week. <laughs> Went out to Gen Con 2012, got my ass kicked the whole time. I can say ass on this, right? Yes, you can. We're actually usually not. Absolutely. Work, so you can swear uh, all you want. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, so I started doing that in 2012. got beat that, decided I was going to not lose next year. Uh, studied every chance I could, played every chance I could. In 2013, actually went out and won the uh, Golden Age World Championship at HeroClix. So wow. it was fun. So I can say I'm a world champion at one thing. That's awesome. So every time that you see awesome. like those polls come up, they're like, name one thing that you can do better than 99% of the population. I'm like, I can play HeroClix. <laughs> so what, what, what was it about HeroClix that, that you were so interested in? What was it about that game in particular? So, you know, I'm a, I grew up in the arcades, right? My favorite, I mean, I used to ask my dad for a dollar in eighth grade, ninth grade, and I'd ride my bike over to the bowling alley, play Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. That, those are my games. And I always like being able to like play somebody and beat somebody, but those games are kind of fast and skill-based, a little bit of Twitch-based. Mm -hmm. And it was fun. But um, about that time, roughly, uh, we, got a, we got a family computer. And uh, the family computer that we got, I, I had a friend that... Uh, he was, well, he wasn't a friend at the time. He was the dorkiest person I know. And after he got this family computer, I went up to him actually at church and was like, do you have a computer? <laughs> and he gave me this book like, why are you talking to me? What's the, what's the catch? I'm like, well, my family just got a computer. We should be friends because you probably have games I could have. Mm -hmm. And uh, we actually started being really good friends. But uh, through that, I, I found a game called Civilization, if you've ever played Civilization. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So when I started playing Civilization, it was my favorite turn-based strategy game right like you essentially would sit back and play games with other you know or not play you play against the computer but it was a turn-based yeah. game you get your you get your one turn you move all your characters and it's their turn yeah it's and i always like risk that or access and or allies access and allies on on a computer i mean essentially that's what it is is you're building your own civilization and I can't tell you how many hours I put into civilization over the years because I didn't grow up like reading comics. I didn't, you know, I grew up with video games, mm -hmm. uh, computer games. I, I just was never exposed to it. Not that I didn't like it. I just was never exposed to it. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, when I, when I found HeroClix in 2005, 2004, in 2004, 
we were actually at San Diego Comic-Con and I used to go down there as a toy collector and they had the big toy at the time was this giant Galactus. It was like $75 for like an 18 inch Galactus. The average hero quick figure is like one inch or so. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I got the Galactus. I put my name in for drawing, got a chance to win it and buy it and brought it home. And I opened up like, Oh, it's a game. And then as I started looking into it more, I started playing hero clicks. And as I started playing hero clicks, I started going to venues. And the very first venue I went into, I realized like, hey, this is a this is like a turn-based strategy game. This is like Civilization, where I get to take a turn, someone else gets to tr- take a turn, but I'm not playing against the computer. Um, I get to play against other people. And the first time I went, I got the absolute crap beat out of me. This this substitute teacher uh, goes, I've had a really bad day, and I didn't get a chance to roll dice. He beat me that bad. Wow. Oh. It's not Ouch. fun. And, and it's funny. I go home and I told my girlfriend at the time, I'm like, that game sucks. I never want to play again. And I'll never forget what she told me. She goes, don't those nerds pick on you. You're better than that. <laughs> and so I, again, I, I just went to the internet and I just started reading, reading, reading. When I actually went back the next week, it was only like a five person tournament. And I, uh, I won the next week. I just was something I was pretty good at. Um, and I played it on and off. Like I would, you know, play on or off, on or off over the years. But like 2009, I started, uh, 2008, 2009, I was the big club DJ in town. I used to, you know, play like all the big dance clubs and that. The yeah. problem though is that 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 also burns you out. And so I would go to the, you know, Friday night DJ, the hotels, I was live on the, the um, radio. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday morning, I'd wake up with a hangover and go to Dr. Volt and play Heroclix every day. Oh, <laughs> and I, <laughs> nice. I did that for like a couple of years. And then when I finally got burned out on the concerts and took time off, I just decided to put all my energy in it because I did have fun with it. It was something I was good at and it was something that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And then when I won the, uh, 2013, uh, golden age world championship, it was fun. I actually got to design a figure and I picked cause at the time she wasn't nearly as popular as she is now. Cause that would have been 2013. Yeah. 13. Um, I picked Harley Quinn. So there's actually a figure of me out there that you can buy on eBay with me and Harley Quinn on it. So I made my stake on that game. Now, Tui told me there's a little bit of a controversy about this figure. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I don't get a sculpt it. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get a sculpt it. When I first found Harley Quinn, it was in the Batman Arkham games and, okay. um, they were, they were a lot of fun. It was like, I think the only game I've ever actually got a hundred percent on in my life. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I was playing it, but that's the first time you see Harley Quinn. And there's a part where you very first see her where she's got the, the warden tied up, right? Like he's a yep. hostage. Okay. And when you do the hostage thing, you, um, when you do the hostage thing, uh, she's kind of got like him in a chair and she's kind of got her leg by him. And I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. That would be a really cool. Um, that would be a really, really cool, uh, uh sculpt. Cause they, the first thing they told me when I won is find a way to incorporate yourself into the figure. Gotcha. So I did that. And so I put myself, I sent in the image of the warden and Harley Quinn from Batman Arkham game. And, uh, I was actually in a, a WonderCon playing in a hero clicks tournament. And I got back off the flight and I had like, 10 texts, probably, you know, full voicemail, uh, about 30 Facebook messages. And, and everyone's like, oh, my gosh, they just previewed your per- character. They previewed your character. And I, uh, I get home and look at it, and they put this little teeny grainy picture. And uh, it looked like Harley Quinn was giving me a lap dance. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I hop on the main hero clicks because at the time, you know, like world champ, everyone knows who you are. I was placing yeah. high in every tournament. You know, if everyone was following my team builds. And I, and I see this like 64 pages in two hours, two and a half hours of people uh, complaining about the figure. The oh, funny no. thing is, is half the people in the U.S. absolutely hated it. 
And every single person like in Mexico, South America, Europe thought it was the greatest thing in the world. So it was funny <laughs> to see the cultural differences. Um, wow. And uh, I'm like, I got to say something. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows. Everyone knows because I'm always on that message board. I'm like, it was supposed to be hostage, Harley, but but lap dance is pretty funny. Ha, ha, ha. You know, yeah. I was like just trying to like laugh it off, you know, like I'm like, oh, crap. Yep. So that the happens. next day, the next day I wake up uh, to a phone call from a phone number from Texas. And it's someone from DC Comics screaming at me because I was over sexualizing their Harley Quinn. What? Because Bleeding, Bleeding Cool News <laughs> picked up the article, lap oh, dance, no. Harley Quinn. Ha, 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 says Williams. Oh, no. It was That's... it was great. Oh my gosh! But um, That's overall ridiculous. though, it was it was good though. I mean, it was it was a fun experience. I can say I, I got to do that, um, and I don't know if I ever want to do that again. I actually had a guy that messaged me. He's like, my daughter plays this, and and you're ruining my daughter's like like uh, whatever you know, like my daughter's um, what's the word um, childhood because she's yeah, oh. and I'm like she's clothed. I'm clothed. We're not like you know what I mean like. Yeah. That was never the intention. I sent him the pictures like, oh, I'm sorry. But the thing is, like, I didn't sculpt it. I just sent him the idea and I wasn't like, oh, change it. I don't like it. That's just what it was, you know. Not your fault. Not my fault. But <laughs> yeah, I actually had a, my favorite message was a guy that sent me and he says, you pervert, you're forcing your plastic fetishes on all the rest of the world. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So some people really like to uh, to get upset about it. But it was fun, though. I uh I, took, I won world championship that year. Next year, took second in worlds. I had a bunch of like top three finishes at some other cast tournaments. And I was technically a professional HeroClix player all of 2013, 2014. That's, That's awesome. kind of where the idea for gaming con came from because I was the first sponsored HeroClix player. And I was like, you know, I'm going to like Dragon Con, Wonder Con, you know, all these other events uh, just to play HeroClix. And uh, maybe we should try this in Utah. Yeah. And I'll never forget like where the light went on. I was I was up at like four thirty in the morning getting my ass kicked at Hearthstone. I'd lost like seven games in a row and I was never gonna play it again. I'm like, this game sucks. And I uh, I go to the fridge to get a drink and I had this idea. I'm like, because I was already kicked on the idea of how to do a big hero quick slash magic term. I'm like, Yeah, we should add we should add video games to it. And oh, uh yeah. so I went and woke my roommate up at the time at like four thirty in the morning. I'm like, I'm doing a gaming convention in Utah, and she goes you're batshit crazy. Go back to bed, you know, cause it's four thirty <laughs> in the morning and woke her up. And, um, and it was fun. So it's, it's weird how stuff works out. So literally two days later, I get a call from a guy that I'd never met before. He's like, Hey, someone gave us your number. We know that you used to throw concerts. Do you have any concerts that you'd like to throw? Mm-hmm. Um, we're concert investors. We've been investing in shows. I'm like, you know, I don't, I'm out of the concert business right now, but I've got this idea for a gaming show. And, uh, they go, well, it sounds interesting. Get us over the numbers on it and we'll look at it. And I'll never forget, like, I completely made it up. I was 30% of what the budget ended up being when I sent the numbers over to him. I didn't know what I was doing, you know? Yeah. I thought I could yeah. just do it with, with 10 people, no volunteers. I just, I didn't know because I was coming from a concert background. Uh, and they looked at it and they said, the numbers look decent. Um, we'll give you the initial investment for the show, but you've got to come up with some skin of the game. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I had about $6,000 in the bank, about six months bill money. Uh, but I had no way to also, um, I had no way also to, uh, to pay the deposit. They wanted me to put deposit down on the, on the expo center. So I sold my car that next day for probably less than it was worth. And put, cause that's all the only other asset I really had at the time and put the deposit down on the expo center and it worked out pretty good for me. Wow. That's amazing. So yeah, I, I did, I didn't actually have a car for the first two and a half years of gaming con. So Damn, oh, wow. Dude. 
So you answered the question I was going to ask you as, uh, as to, you know, when did you know you wanted to do gaming con? But what fears did you have when you actually started up the process? You know, I, I think coming from, you know, we, we had 15,000 people out the first year, accumulative. Um, I was under the impression that the other event in town was pulling 120,000 unique people. And I did the math. I'm like, holy cow, they're making $10 million a show, you know? Yeah. I didn't realize that mm -hmm. that was turnstile and accumulative. So I was like, if I can just pull 10% of that, I'll be fine. And then I realized I got into it. That's not really what the numbers were. I was, you know, yeah. Um, and I was a little bit frustrated that first year because I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, no tickets. We were doing fine, but we weren't like pulling the, you know, we were on pace to do 50,000 or anything like that, you know? Um, and it wasn't as much, I would say fear because we didn't know what we didn't know. I did. I had no idea. In fact, Valerie Walker, um, which has become a pretty good friend of mine, actually, uh, I, I remember talking Valerie. to yep. I remember talking to her like mm -hmm. two weeks before the show. I'm like, Val, I need help. She goes, what do you have set up with volunteers? I'm like, I don't know. What do I need to set up? What do you have set up with this? I'm like, I, I don't know. You know, <laughs> so Val helped me out the first year with the volunteers. She helped me out a little bit of marketing um, and I'm forever grateful for, her. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we go out to lunch and stuff every now and then, um, you know, we stay in touch quite a bit. Um, I just, I didn't know I hadn't done it before. After the yeah. first year we did. Okay. Um, the, the second year was a little bit rough because we kind of thought we had everything figured out. Like, Oh, if we did that many the first year, we're going to double the next year. And that didn't happen. Yeah. And then by year three, we had 30% growth. Year four, we had 30% growth. Yeah. And as of right now, I'm looking at the thing. We're actually up 50, 57% on the year for overall growth and 37% tickets sold. That's so. amazing. That's so awesome. I'm so happy. You know, if it wasn't for gaming con three years ago, this month, Geek Parenting Podcast would not exist. Did you know that? I, I, you met Chewie and them there, right? Or I, everyone else? Well, I, I had taken my, you know, ex stepson. Um, he is big into gaming, so we decided to go one day, and then I saw a panel there with Chewie and James. And I'd known Chewie and James from Facebook and from the geek community, but they had a panel there about being a geek parent and gaming with your kids. And I'm like, why don't we have? We need a geek parenting podcast, and basically. Geek Parenting Podcast was born out of Salt Lake Gaming Con. So, you know, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. So I completely appreciate you doing what you're, you've done for sure. Um, so what do you think were some of your earliest su successes with Gaming Con? Um, you know, it, it, to kind of back up a little bit, you know, it's, it's we've got people this year coming into Gaming Con from – Phoenix, we've got people coming from Portland. We've got a big announcement we're going to make, I think, tomorrow with Shark Tank. Ooh. Um, Ooh. We've got a, yeah, we got a guy that's going to come in from Shark Tank, and they're going to do a cool thing. Um, this is the one you were telling me about, right? Yeah, it was the one I was telling you about. And, you know, uh -huh. he told us that you guys actually have people watching you from every other show because of the growth that you've had. Mm -hmm. um, watching exactly what your event is, watching how, how well you guys are doing, watching everything. And it's, you know, this was never meant to be like, I was never meant to be like an industry standard. It was more like, I want to do this event. It'll be fun to, holy shit, this worked to, holy shit, this really worked, yeah. you know? Um, and it's, it's, it's fun. It's frustrating. It's scary. It's nerve wracking. It's all of the above. Um, but I think as far as like successes in that, I mean, it's, I, I still feel like we've, we haven't quite made it yet. You know what I mean? Um, we're not going to sell out. We will probably sell out Saturday of the show at the show, uh, which is always frustrating. Cause I'd l I just want one event one time in my life where 
a month out, we're sold out, and I just have to throw the show, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not always, like, constantly checking ticket sales on that. Um, but but I don't feel like we've ever made it. I feel like we're, we're still continually trying to, like, grow and try to build the show. This year, it's all about moving the venue, more signage, you know, kind of putting – events are ugly. We're kind of trying to put lipstick on the pig, right? Yeah. Trying to make it just mm-hmm. look really good, you know, trying to do better as far as, like, getting the information out, getting more announcements out, getting more – signage up for people to find stuff i was actually over the ferrari dealer today talking to them about seeing if they want to bring in a car or two um because when i was actually down at a a pax south or pax east actually they had a ferrari dealership that had a couple ferraris there and i that was the hottest uh photo op of the whole thing yeah i bet (laughs) the picture taken in front of the ferrari so that's that's kind of some of the stuff though that we that we're doing you know it's it's um I, I, but I, I think that's one of the things that drives us too, though, because I learned in year two, don't ever get complacent, you know, don't think you have this stuff figured out because if you do, you're going to kick right in the shin and have to keep going, you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So those of us who have been involved know about the move and the growth, but can you explain that a little bit more as to where you're moving from, where you're moving to and the expansion of gaming con for this year? You know, I, I think that, um, we used about 200,000 square feet last year, 192,000 square feet, right? Yeah, it was huge last year. And this year we're using 216,000 or 218,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're going by 20% that way, roughly. Um, we're also using, you know, the panel rooms are separate from that. That's just the yeah. floor. In fact, we're, we're 5,000 chairs throughout the event, just 5,000 chairs that we're going to have throughout the event for everybody. That's awesome. Um, and comparison-wise, you got to figure if that's one in three people sitting in a chair, that's 15,000 unique people in the building. That's what we're es- expecting. You know, I, I was on Channel 4 today. We were talking about esports. and I saw that. Nobody understands, like, hopefully we didn't look too bad on there. <laughs> you look, no, but, you, guys, you did a great job. Nobody understands, though, like, realistically, like, how big this gaming thing is. And I don't know if it's because there's so many young people involved. Mm-hmm. Um, the University of Utah was actually the first school, Power Five Do school, teams. to offer scholarships for esports, <laughs> and now it's like standard all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the thing, right? It's um, it's 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 just it's exploding. I mean, the Dota Two World Championship had twenty five million dollars in prize money they gave out. In comparison, the World Series of Poker, which is on ESPN, has about ten million. That's just one event. Maybe I should Four, start playing Dota. You know, everyone's excited <laughs> about. What, do you know what Endgame's at right now? Like two billion, maybe. It's close to two billion. Yeah, Very Fortnite close. on it. Fortnite on its own did three billion last year, and the game had been out for a year already. Holy shit. See, and so, I haven't even like, touched Fortnite. All I know about Fortnite is they dance because my it, kid it took them. <laughs> it took him like five or six days to hit a billion dollars for Endgame, right? About that five or six oh, days somewhere yeah, there. It was, mm-hmm. it was fast, yeah. Red, red, or, uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto Five hit a billion dollars in like thirty-two hours. Jesus. We're just in a different realm here. Um, yeah. it, it is. It's completely different with the DLC, with this and that. And the thing about esports is e- the only thing right now that in the U.S. that beats esports for total uh, viewership is the NFL. It's beating baseball. It's beating the NBA. It's beating hockey. Wow. The NFL is the only thing, and the rate it's going but in another two years. And another really shocking statistic is we've been researching this lately, looking to you know what the next steps are. Mm-hmm. If you add up by 2021, if you take all of the movies, you know all the Avengers movies, Disney movies, everything. You take all of the music, you know, your Ariana Grande's, your Taylor Swift's, all of that stuff. 
you take all of the TV shows, you know, your Game of Thrones, HBO, yeah. uh, and you add all of the entertainment together by 2021, end of 2021, gaming will be 51% of that. You know, that doesn't surprise me because in the last two years, I have probably started, started watching more Twitch and more gaming and interacting with gaming communities than I have other shows. Like if, if I'm sitting home by myself, I would much rather put Twitch on and watch somebody I know gaming, interacting with a game and interacting with their community than I would Game of Thrones or a movie or anything like that. So those statistics don't surprise me at all. And, and that's what people don't seem to realize here is that this isn't going away, right? This isn't just a fad. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, like you look at people like PewDiePie, he's 100 million subscribers. He's yeah. getting seven to 10 million views on some of his videos. America's Got Talent's the number one TV show right now in, uh, on, on Net Primetime TV. It's got nine million viewers in its first week back. PewDiePie as a YouTuber is getting more viewers than the number one TV Thank network you. show is. Yeah. Gaming is huge. And I think people are beginning to realize the benefits of gaming. I mean, just thinking about my own experiences with um, not just video games, but Dungeons and Dragons and finding that interaction, those connections with people. Gaming is a lot bigger than I think people realize and sometimes more entertaining. Well, it's, it's personalities, right? I mean, it, it's crazy. If, I don't know if you saw Dr. Disrespect got in trouble yesterday or today. I didn't. He was, because uh, Dr. Disrespect's one of my favorite online personalities, right? Yeah. And uh, he was at E3, and he was streaming his Twitch channel, and he had like 200,000 people watching him just, oh be, just doing random stuff. And he decided he had to go to the bathroom, went into pee, and didn't shut off the stream, went into pee. I mean, you didn't see anything. There was no nudity. Yeah. Um, but Twitch banned him, and, uh, and E3 wow. clipped his badge and kicked him out. Um, wow. And you know what? But, but I'm sure he'll be back because it's oh, one of those things be. where he's such a – I mean, if he goes, to you, he goes to Facebook Live or someone else, then I guarantee that uh, he'll pull viewers with him, you know? Oh, yeah. These personalities, oh, yeah. though, I mean, people like Markiplier, people like Jacksepticeye, people like uh, Dan TDM, uh, Captain Sparkles. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. a completely different type of celebrity. And yet, if you want to go back and ask anyone over the age of 30, uh, most of them have no idea who these people are. I'm I'm an anomaly. <laughs> I know who Markiplier is because I've watched his videos with Lily, and he's actually quite entertaining. Um, oh, he's he's entertaining. He's a great personality. He's got a great voice. I mean, yeah, he Markiplier is one of them. Probably, if I had to pick a YouTube streamer, YouTube gamer to watch, he would be on the top of my list. So, and it it's, it's a different kind of celebrity now too, though. You know, it's um. It's just, it's, you know, people can be famous just by, I mean, you look at someone like, um, like Shroud, the guy is ridiculously good at, at shooting games. Yeah. Ninja, you know, Ninja was Ninja. kind of a, he had his, he was good at games. And he also had the, the green hair, the blue hair at the time. And, and uh, he also had a good personality, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, that guy got paid $1 million to play Apex Legends for one week after it came out. A million dollars just to stream a game. Well, and you look at the stuff, wrong fields. And you look at stuff know, like right? that, you're like, but, but the only reason they're doing that is because somebody somewhere thinks it's valuable mm-hmm. between people chipping in, viewership, marketing, whatever. And if you want to go back to, you know, we, we've got the, the U.S. Army is coming in this year, which is probably yeah. the thing I'm the most proud of this year. The U.S. Army esports team, um, if you back up a little bit, the, the military is always recruited at sporting events. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the BYU Utah game last year at, uh, you know, at Rice, or, uh, yeah, Rice Eccles Stadium. And 
they had a flyover. You know, they had some F eight or F F twenty twos flyover, and the whole valley thought something was crazy going on because there was jets overhead. No, they were just you know right, getting ready for the flyby, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't realize that they have to pay for that every time they fly a jet oh, over yeah. a football game or something anywhere mm-hmm. from one hundred to five hundred thousand dollars. The bigger like playoff games, they charge them more for advertising, right? Oh yeah. And that blows me away that I always thought it was just some patriotic cool thing. And it's not, that's advertising. Well, they know that, you know, if you go back and look at like the average 15 year old, um, he may or may not know who uh, the the starting five of the jazz are. I mean, I, when I was yeah. a kid, we all knew who Stockton and Malone and Hornacek oh, yeah. and all mm-hmm. those guys were. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they might know Donovan Mitchell now, maybe they might maybe know Rudy Gobert, but they're going to know but, the gamers. Mm-hmm. But they know that you ask him who Pootie Pie is, you ask him who Marker Pie is, you ask him who Jack Septa guys, almost every single one of them know who he is. Yeah. It's just a different kind of celebrity. Um, and, and I think that it's, it's not going back anywhere. I mean, there's still a lot of stuff to figure out in esports. I mean, um, you know, you see every time, you know, tournaments pop up or prize money get paid out. Some, uh, some team didn't get uh, what was promised to them, such yeah. and such, quit the team because of, you know, someone else just, I can't remember, Tifu actually just quit his team and is suing them because they took too much of his money. It's, it's still in the infancy phase. And I think in five, six years from now, we'll have it figured out. But as of right now, it's, it's kind of like the Wild West to see what happens here. And it's the thing evolving. I think that, that, that is both um, good and bad with esports is that with esports, it's going to be really hard to get a governing body because why would Riot Games with League of Legends ever partner up with Blizzard to set up some type of sanctioned thing where they can just do it themselves, you know? Exactly. And you can have one really, really good eSport game, one really big game, you know, uh, Fortnite was kn- knocking it out of the water, and then all of a sudden Apex Legends pops up, and their first, yep. their first quarter, uh, Fortnite was still down like 40% yeah. in the first quarter. It's, come, it's rebounded quite a bit now, though. Now that the newness is worn off from Apex, but it's like you see stuff like that. Um, there's always going to be a new game that's going to come out. And it's funny. I, I just got back from DreamHack Dallas. Uh, mm-hmm. And hopefully I'm not talking too much here. No, you're right. No, this, this is why you're here. We wanted you to come and talk. So yes, I'm, please. I'm, I'm at DreamHack Dallas and I caught a really uh, a late night flight that got me in first thing in the morning. Um, it just it was or a really early flight. I was exhausted. That was an and insane weekend. Through, both of us <laughs> yeah and i actually uh, got in got in you know i was just tired and i finally went through did my meetings and i sat down to talk to somebody uh, um on the phone and that while i was sitting there i see this kid that looks like he's maybe 15 years old his hair's not exactly perfect he's got braces on and he's got a, an esports jersey on his shorts and he's sitting like cross-legged on the floor eating a pretzel right mm-hmm. like one of those crappy convention pretzels yeah and mm-hmm. He's, he looks like he's about 15, and there was a girl leaning on him that has a halter top. She definitely has um, breast augmentation. I'm trying to think of the best way to do that. <laughs> At least it looks like she does. She's got a little teeny skirt on. She's got five-inch heels on. Um, completely just drecked out. Perfect hair, perfect makeup. And she's, like, hanging on and trying to hold this guy's hand and stuff. And people are coming up to this kid asking him for autographs, right? Wow. And I'm like... And I'm like, who, who, uh, who is this? Right. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what, what, what this is. You know, I have no idea who this is, what this is. And I, as I stand up, I see the back of the kid's Jersey, his name. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to look it up. I'm going to see if I can figure out, um, who this is. Right. Mm-hmm. And I look it up and it pulls up to a rocket league and the kids made, $182,000 in the last 12 months playing Rocket League at, at 16 years old. 
Oh my god. That's now, if we go back ten years ago, the kid that was really good at video games was not getting the no. the college was not no. getting the college sophomore in high school. No. You know what I mean? No, it's, yeah. it's become more popular. I mean, like I told you, my brother was was an MTG Magic the Gathering champion. God, years ago, he did the World Pro Tour and you know took like second or third place in Venice one year. But it's just exploded even more than that. I mean. You know, you can watch you can watch the championships now live on TV, and it's amazing the changes that we've seen in the last just even five years in regards to gaming. It's amazing. And it's um, go ahead. It's been it's been interesting. It's been fun. It's been crazy. And, and you know, you see stuff like that, like when when people that are like in their you know like late twenties, early thirties, mm-hmm. coming up to these kids and asking for autographs. You know, we did a thing with the Utah Jazz. As you get older. Yeah. You know, you, you see, the, they just look like kids, right? And we did a thing with the Utah Jazz. We were up close with the players. Um, and they're like, you know, they're all mostly like 20-somethings, you know, and I'm, I'm a little bit older than that. <clears throat> um, but uh, as I was looking at the, these guys, like, you, you realize they're just younger when you're up close. When everyone's on TV, they look older. But when you see these yeah. people in person, and to see this kid that was, I thought he was like 15 years old to be like that type of celebrity at his age. I mean, where's that kid going to be in five years from now? Where's yeah. it, you know what I mean? What's going to be next for him? What's, is he going to stay with that game? What's the next game? Mm-hmm. It's just completely a different world and dynamic we're seeing now. And, and uh, I, it's exciting to see where it's going to go. Um, and I'm just glad that with Gaming Con, you know, when I started it, eSports was a thing, but it was nothing like it is right now. No, it's blown up. Oh, yeah, it's humongous. So speaking of Gaming Con... Tell us a little bit about the event this year. What have you got planned? What's what are you most excited for? Everything that you can think of. Oh God, um, people showing up, spending money at the <laughs> vendors. No, um, you know, I've tried to. I don't want to reinvent the wheel. I, I don't. And we've kind of figured out what's worse. And, and the fact that other events are kind of trying to follow what we do mm-hmm. is really intriguing to me. And and what I mean by that is I don't know why nobody else thought to mix video games with um a little bit of celebrity and add some tabletop into it i don't know why no one else it it, that seems like this revolutionary thing which it makes common sense when you think about it right Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. i think that that i've had come up with one of the most diverse uh celebrity gaming celebrity lineups you've ever had three of them have never three or four of them have never done conventions before Mm -hmm. um we've got one more big one i'm super hyped for hannah tell because yeah life is strange was such an amazing game that I'm I'm so glad you were able to get her. But but tell us some more about some of the others that you. That well, have not well, Hannah Tell she uh she's never really done a convention like this before. They had no idea what they were asking for. Yeah, and and she's know? a musician too. I mean, so she, in in addition to her voiceover work, she's a music musician. So she's done quite a bit in terms of entertainment. But tell us about some of the other guests you're excited about. Um. So I, I think the, the my favorite is Jason Muse is one of them. Um, I, I, um, Chasing Amy, I always thought was one of my favorite shows. If you've ever seen Chasing Amy, the Kevin oh, Smith yes. movie, yeah, yeah, I always liked his dialogue in that when uh, when you know Silent Bob Kevin Smith actually starts talking and just the dialogue between those two is hilarious. Okay. And I've always just liked him as a thing. But then when we found out he was a Fortnite streamer. And we really wanted to get him for the show. Uh, I reached out to him and he was ecstatic. He's like, yeah, I've never done a gaming show before. And the thing is, Solid Gaming Con is the biggest pure gaming show that actually brings in this amount of celebrities, yeah. which is fun. Um, he's a fun one, but Kerry Takawa, I'm going to butcher yeah. his last name. He's the, uh, the, if anyone's ever seen the 90s Mortal Kombat, he's Shang oh, yeah. Tsung, you know, the your soul is mine guy. 
and he's actually been that movie when it came out he's actually been shang soon for the last 20 years and he's the first dlc character Mm -hmm. um he's the the first dlc character that uh we actually released uh or that comes out i think it comes out next week for the new mortal Kombat, which is amazing by the way if you haven't tried it um it's a lot of fun so he was a fun one to get because he hasn't done a convention before um, you know, some of the Overwatch guests, you know, we, we always get people that ask us to try to bring repeats back. And, and of all the people that are doing it, one, every single one of them, except for one, I think, has never been to Utah before, wow. which is amazing um, because we don't want to do repeat guests. I think that's a big one. Um, and the other one, like I said, I think three of them have never done conventions before either. And almost all half of them have never done gaming specific shows before. So I think that's a big part of it, too, which is fun. Um I'm also pretty excited too. Like the board game library this year is like 1,500 games, roughly, that's coming yeah, in. We partnered with massive. with Timcom. We partnered with Mycom. We partnered with like three other event, uh, three other companies, Demolition Games, Game Grid, just to bring all of these board games together. She'll have over 1,500 games to check out and play for free. That should be like the, I think that's the second biggest amount of board games you've ever in the state. Um, but probably your favorite one that you'll like is the D and D. I was just yeah. actually informed two days ago that this is officially the second biggest D&D event on the West Coast. Oh, oh wow. Yes. Speaking yeah. of D&D, last year we ran a pre-show D&D game. Do you want me to do that again this year? Um, yeah, as long as we have okay. the, well, yeah, we just need to figure out the, the space and time. Okay. But yeah, that's completely okay. okay. You know, the, the thing about this event is, is anyone that's been to other conventions before, if you haven't done Gaming Con, it's, it's a lot less stress. I'm trying to think of the most eloquent way to say that. People are just there to play games and have fun, you know? Exactly. It's, you don't really have... And oh, that's, what the, that's the amazing thing about it is the first, the first year we went, I think we spent most of our time playing games. We were playing some of the retro games. We were playing the pinball games. We were, you know, checking out new games. It was amazing. I, and that, that's what's kind of unique about it is at, at other conventions, it's more about, you know, let's go see celebrities. Well, this game, yeah, we have the celebrities. Well, this one, we have the celebrities, but it's it's really about those games and those interactions with the people that you're playing with. Yeah, and, and that's the, the biggest thing is that we, you know, back to when I grew up, right? Um, you know, going to the arcades and stuff, my, my favorite thing in the whole world was playing like, a, you know, Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter. And then yeah. someone would come and pop the quarter in. It's like that, like, what little Wild West thing? Like, is he better than me? Is he not? This is a duel. Mm-hmm. You know, that was always fun. Yeah. Um, cause you don't really get that interaction. People play games all the time. They don't really get that in thing that in, uh, you know, in person thing. It's funny online. People just sit and talk so much crap to each other. And yet yeah. in person, nobody says a thing. I always <laughs> thought that was hilarious that nobody will say a thing to each other. They just come in, they just play, play. but you know, you know, we're, we're trying to set, we're going to probably have 12, eight player smash brothers set up mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yep. That's fun, though, because, you know, if people play Smash Brothers, you can play Smash Brothers online, but being in person and having that eight players at a time, you know what I mean? That, uh, oh, yeah. That's, that's going to be a lot of fun for people to do. Well, um, I'll tell you, you know, when, when Lily and I visited the gaming con booth at Wizarding Days, she was having a blast playing Mario Kart with all the other kids. Like, and there, were, there was no hard feelings. Like, if she lost, she, she knew it was just, hey, it's cool. Everybody's having a good time. That's all that matters. Yeah, and, and that's the biggest thing, too, right, is we, we really want to push that. You know, one of my other favorite things, too, is the pinball. It, it's hard because there's so many parts coming in this year. Yeah. Um, every year is the pinball part. We, uh, we should have, like, almost 60 pinball machines coming in this year. That's one of the, that's one of the biggest uh, pinball collections 
uh, you know, in the whole area, you and know, you by far. Have, awesome. Yeah. And you also have the big Mahjong tournament, don't you? We do. We actually have the only uh, North American qualifier for the uh, Mahjong World Championship, which is cool, in Paris in 2020. So I think wow. that's fun. Um, so we've got that set up. You know, we've, uh, we actually, this year, we found a bunch of old retro consoles and a bunch of retro TVs. Um, we're actually doing like a 40 station, so 80 people can play at a time in the retro games. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we're just, we're, you know, we, we, we found a bunch of like Atari classics and stuff like that, you know, like Pong and Frogger, stuff that people have probably never tried before, a lot of them. Yeah. And so that should be a lot of fun. Um, you know, we always have like our staples to come back. We're doing the Nerf battle will come back, uh, you know, because the kids love that. We're doing the uh, life-size Mario Kart track again which with is the Wiggle fun. Cars, which is fun. Yeah. yeah, so we're doing that again. We're doing the, uh, you know, we'll have the uh, the LARP area, which is fun. It's funny because I hate the word LARP. Not that I hate LARP, but I hate the <laughs> fact that people hear LARP and they think, uh, what was that show, Role Models, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, people hear <laughs> LARP and they think it's like that. And then they come out and experience, if we call a sword battle or something, yeah. they think that it's amazing, you know? Yeah. Funny thing, as much as a nerd as I am, I've never LARPed before, so maybe I'll do it this year. Yeah, we they... They, uh, the guys that do the decorating and set up the show for us, it's their favorite part to sit right by the LARP because they'll just sit and watch everyone beat the hell out of each other. <laughs> you know? I love it. So, Jake, we're getting ready to wrap up here, but if, if you wanted people to take one thing away from this episode about Gaming Con, what would that be? You know, I, I hope that people realize that when we put the event on, we started tickets at $25, um, you know, in the first year, and we've raised tickets $5 a year, roughly. We're at $40 right now for a three-day ticket. Pretty um, good deal. You know, we've seen a couple of people complain online because we're not packs. I mean, but we're going into year five. But I think that people, when they come out to our show, I think that they should feel that um, we're trying to build the event like as an amusement park. Like once you come in, there's so many different things for people to do and see and have fun. And I hope people realize that. You know what I mean? Because I want them to walk away going, holy shit, not only did I get my money's worth, I can't wait for next year. Yeah. And that's really what I hope that people realize is this is a fun event. You know, the average person that goes to a convention spends a little under four hours on average a day at a convention. That's the average wow. person. At Gaming Con, they spend almost six and a half hours. Damn. That's, that's crazy. So where can people buy tickets and find you on social media? So it's Salt Lake Gaming Con. Just type it in. It should pop it up. Um, that should pull it up. And then also you just solidgamingcon.com. If you put all capitals GameStop right now, you get 20% off on your wow. tickets. Yeah. And we're still working on one last big announcement that there's, I'd say 50, 50. They've been messaging me the whole time. I've been on the podcast here talking oh, about it. Is so. it somebody we've talked about? Um, I can't say or not, you know? Okay. <laughs> See, Jake and I have been talking about a lot of stuff because I love Gaming Con and it's probably my favorite event in the state as of as of last year. It's my favorite. So, um, Jake, thank you so much for taking some time out of your, I know, very busy schedule. You need to get some sleep. Yeah, I've got a flight to E3 in uh, seven hours. Okay, go to bed. Eight hours. <laughs> You have to go home, do laundry, pack, all of that stuff, right? Oh, my goodness. Okay, oh, so gosh. We'll and then it, it's it's great, right? And then I catch a red-eye flight tomorrow night, and I'll show up in Columbus uh, Friday morning to do uh, Origins. So you, you need to go to bed. <laughs> I know. I know. I hope I can drug myself on the plane, right, on the way there out there. Go. All right. So let's stick a fork on this. Jocelyn, did you know <gasps> that I am famous in certain circles? Oh, that's my line. Damn it. No, it's mine. 
<laughs> if you can't stand the heat, stay out of Hell's Kitchen. There you go. Here's some money. Go see a Star Wars.